The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. All right, well, welcome back to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. Now, today, I, you know, I'm always trying to get Liz into my reality TV world, and Liz is like only cares about Temptation Island these days, but thank God Liz has decided to smarten up and listen to the brains of this podcast, that being me, because oh I... Oh my God, Darren. I, thank you. I'm just giving my own bio here. Okay. Uh, okay. Because I, I texted you and I was like, you need to watch My Unorthodox Life. And well, and it, hold on. It was yes. in the queue. I just, for the record here, there are things that sometimes I have to get through. And unfortunately, there is one TV in the house and I share it with somebody. And, and that's your first problem. Yep. And that, well, I'm not allowed to have one in the room. So that's there you another, go. I have a control. Problem. I have a controlling wife. And also, if I watch anything without her, she has an absolute meltdown. So it's right. all about like, what are we going to watch together and what do we have to get through? And if I had watched this show without Rachel, she would have lost her mind. So it was just about a timing. It was in the queue. OK, but I did text you and I said, there is yeah, a girl, there is a there is a woman on this show who is bi, or at least at the time you described yourself as bi. We'll get to the, the intro here. But and and I was like, and her like ex-Orthodox mom was like, no, you're not bi, whatever, you're bi, and be proud of it. And I was like, Liz, you gotta fucking watch this. You are a bisexual woman, you need to watch this scene because I'm I'm a lesbian, I'm not bi, but it was like so powerful. So without further ado, let me introduce to you guys Miriam Hart. Uh that's H-A-A-R-T. And she's her bio is literally so long for being in her 20s that I like hate her a little bit bit because she's too accomplished for us in our 30s. So I am going to just like truncate this. She is a Stanford grad. Okay. She's a fucking coder, an app builder. And she is also a cast member of Netflix's My Unorthodox Life. And you were just wildly accomplished and broke and like like code and broke in into the ether coding world and like joined a robotics class in Colombia because she can just do that I love that I loved that moment in the apparently that's a thing that people can do but welcome to scissoring isn't a thing Miriam Hart thank you for having me I'm super happy to be here Miriam it's so nice to have you and you were such a breakout star on the show I think you know, to watch you be not only just your true authentic self, but to just really stand in your convictions. And I don't know, I just I really fell in love with you uh, watching you over the past week. And it's just surreal to have you in front of us. Um, So, yeah, welcome. That's my own little welcome. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's Um, right. We ask Every, as kind of Darren alluded to, we ask all of our guests if they don't mind letting us know their preferred pronouns and how they identify so we don't mm-hmm. misidentify or name you in any way. Do you mind doing that for us and the listeners? Yeah, I use she, her pronouns, and I am still a bisexual. <laughs> yes. Okay, so See, uh, yeah. the information Darren, stayed the same. Darren, we still got one. We <laughs> talk a lot. Uh, Darren and I talk a lot. Darren identifies as a lesbian. I identify as bisexual. We are a um, a small dwindling breed. So we welcome <laughs> you into exactly. our tiny little sliver in uh, awesome. that still exists. But I like the sliver. I'm happy to be in the sliver, honestly. Yeah, being well, part, awesome. 
Be a part of the wedge. No, obviously you're on a reality <laughs> show. And so when you're on a reality show, like we get, you know, you are opening up every part, every facet of your life. And obviously there's, yeah. you're opening up a part of your life to a community that is very close off, I feel like, to the rest of the world. It's very insular, this community. And so how did you come out? Like, did you always know that you were bisexual or because the mm. way the Orthodox community is, you like couldn't even think about your sexuality yeah, from a female yeah. perspective. Walk us through that if you wouldn't mind. Okay, it's actually an interesting story. So Ooh, break it down instance. to you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, growing up, being a lesbian or for a woman at least, it, it, I said this on the show, it didn't exist. I remember in school, somebody brought up the topic of like being gay and our rabbi said that women it's something that the outside world is created and it doesn't actually exist. And that if you feel that way towards another woman, it's in your mind and it's not real. So that's what we were taught growing up. And so I didn't even know what a lesbian was until I was like 12 about or 13. Yeah. And, um, I remember I was always, I always wanted to touch my friend's boobs. Like I always had an urge to touch them and I didn't, it wasn't like a sexual thing. It was more just like, I wanted to touch them. Like it was the fact, you know? Uh, and so I felt not like I didn't really put too much thought into that. I thought maybe all girls felt that way and they all just wanted to touch their friends' boobs. And I remember I went to one friend. That's how I felt, she- not to cut you off. but <laughs> still how I feel, by the way. I That's still a- sort of feel that way. Feel that way but yeah. yeah, I think it's more normal than you think. So right. there yeah. you go. Proceed. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then when I was like, 11 or something I remember I went I had a sleepover with a friend and she's like how about you pretend to be a boy and I pretend to be a girl you know and then we just like are together (laughs) so we did that and we were just touching each other's boobs I was like 11 and I didn't once again didn't think about anything about this I guess that was my first like queer experience now that I think about it but I did not still know what a lesbian was at that time so it didn't mean anything to me uh and then when I was 13 my friend, uh, she and a group of girls who I invited to my birthday party, they spread a rumor that I was a lesbian. And this is once we knew what lesbians were. Yeah. And it was because she was like mad at me. We were in a fight for some reason. I don't remember. And so, yeah, she spread a rumor that I was a lesbian. And then on my birthday party, nobody showed up because all my all the girls, their parents didn't want them to be friends with a lesbian. So it wasn't even up to them. It was more just like the a communal thing that was like, and no, just, it's not okay. Just to stop you for a second, you're 13, so you're yeah. young, you know. I mean, you're kind of, the hormones are raging or whatever. But like, I mean, I got my period at 14. So like 13 still, like I was, I didn't know what my sexuality really was yet. Not that yeah. your period defines everything. But did you just feel like, oh, I don't want to be a lesbian? Or did you feel in your mind like my friends are assholes? So I like... Well, I didn't even think of myself as a lesbian. Like, I didn't even right. think about my sexuality at all. I was always attracted to, like, Channing Tatum and Zac Efron and, like, like very, like, guys, you know? And I never thought about women in that way. Uh, definitely not romantic. I was attracted to boobs, and that was it. And, like, I thought that was normal. I really so- track with this. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. This is do. you, dude. You're just this not is you me. Grow up Jewish, really but this do. is you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so then I was, like, that was when I first thought about my sexuality ever. Because I, somebody said that I was a lesbian, and I was like, am I a lesbian? Like, I didn't know. And so I remember, like, I think I, like, Googled, like, lesbian porn that night. And I'm like, let me see if this turns me on. And then it did, and then I was even more confused. And I'm like, do they know something that I don't know, you know? And right. I was like, 
it was really, and so then I kind of just ignored all of that um, until I left the community. Uh, and then once I left, I moved to San Francisco and San Francisco, everybody there is gay pretty much, at least from like the people I met. And so all my friends were queer in some way. And so I felt comfortable to be like, oh, me too, you know? And that was kind of like the start of it. Yeah. But you knew at 13 that a girl calling you a lesbian was an insult in your community. She meant it was it. an insult. Yeah. yeah. So like it was you like process yeah. it like that. You were like, this is insulting to be called this. Oh, and it, what happened to me that this past year, she was the last person I came out to. Cause I'm still friends with that girl who spread that rumor. We made up since then. And I told her that I'm bisexual and she, I didn't want to tell her for such a long time, even though she's one of my best friends, just because I didn't want her to have that and like win that right. and that she knew this about me before I knew it about myself, you know? And so I didn't want to tell her. And then I finally told her and she's like, and she forgot about the whole thing. And she said like, that she didn't actually think I was lesbian. She just made it up. And she was like saying like that it didn't mean anything. And I was like, Oh wow. Well I built up this whole thing in my mind, you know? So yeah. Is she still in the community? She is. Yeah. She's still in the community. And are you still, do you still have a lot of friends and are like they allowed to be friends with you since the show? And I mean, has that, right, has being the on the show. She's friends with you, right? Yeah, exactly. they do. They do. Yeah. Uh, she's like my best friend uh, from the community and even to this day, one of my best friends. And I have two, two friends, three-ish, three friends, I would say from the community that once I left, accepted me. You know, they were fine. We agreed to disagree on our beliefs and they stand by it and they stand with me. And so um, everybody else, all my other friends kind of dropped me. And so these are, I wouldn't want anybody else. These are my true friends, you know? And so I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Has the advent of, and maybe you're, maybe, Maybe because you've been out of the community now for, you know, a decade or so, but five you still have friends. Five years. Oh, okay, five years. Like, is has the internet and the ease of finding other life outside of the community, because it's become easier having TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Has that changed the community at all or no? Like, are you allowed to go on the internet at, in Muncie, New, you know, New York? Yeah, I think it's interesting, actually. Because the more the world becomes interconnected, the more insular the community becomes. Because mm-hmm. the best way to keep the outside world out is to make them more in, you know, to go deeper and deeper inside and smaller and smaller. So with these new rules, they come out with kosher phones. So phones that you can have that don't have internet, that only have like the texting where you have to hit the, the one the one key like seven times to write one word, you know, uh, and that's called the kosher phone. And so there's just other rules that are created to really prevent people from using these platforms. Yeah. Obviously they still do. Some people do. Right. Because we see that a little bit depicted in films. You know what I mean? Recently where like somebody will have an unkosher phone and like, what does that, what does that look like? Yeah. Have you, now that the show's come out, have you met, more people your age that have left the community that maybe don't live obviously in New York, but in other places or in New York and other places have they reached out to you via social or even on the street? Yeah. I mean like, um, not that many, there's some who left and some, I got so many messages from people still in the community saying that they illegally watched the show and that it has inspired them to take a step. And they're asking for advice on what to do 
the advice I've been giving people was to do well in school. And then once you're done, just get into a good college, you know, and try to just make a living for yourself and be financially independent. I think that's the best way to be free. You yeah. Know? We, we um, talk about financial independence a lot, as a actually, as a totally. woman um, with, you know, when we ask people about coming out, regardless of which religious background they came from or, you know, if they have parents that didn't support, um, you know, their their sexuality, it's kind of something that always comes up, like try to be in a position where you can be financially responsible for yourself because it is so scary having that taken away from yeah. you. And education is such a key you know, component to that, which is why another reason why I think it's so inspiring to see you um, on the show because you're obviously so smart and so accomplished. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> but, yeah. so, but what I really appreciated was that, you know, they, they show a lot and you talk about on the show that you were self-taught. What was that like? Like, how did you yeah. start that self-teaching journey? Um, well, it started when I was like 13, I guess, when my brother got a computer for his school. Uh, and I was so bored. I was like really bored in my community all the time because I wasn't really watching TV. And all the girls did was like do arts and craft things or just gossip or talk about who's wearing nicer Gucci Prada clothing. You know, like that's what people did. And I just wasn't interested. All I wanted to do was run in the mud. That's literally what I wanted to do and throw a football. Like that, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't do those things because I was a woman and being a girl in the community, there are no teams to join. Um, there's no camp to go to where you can play basketball. You know, there's nothing to really do. And so I was bored and I went on this computer and I just would go to YouTube and type in how to hit the space bar and I would type in the letter A. And then something would come up. I would type in the letter G, guitar would come up. And I was like, okay, let me learn how to play guitar. Oh, origami. Okay, let me learn origami. B, breakdancing. Okay, let me learn how to like do the windmill, you know? Uh, and then when I, I decided, I'm like, I think it'd be cool to make an app. And I typed in on YouTube how to make an app. And that was how I started. So I just wow. learned through YouTube, honestly, yeah. I actually meant to ask you this only because... I don't know the answer to this, but I know that in the community that you, you know, were born into, at least originally, it's very kind of women don't have rights. They can't wear pants. They don't have sports teams. Yeah. And like lesbianism wasn't a thing. Is it the same for gay men? Like, are you taught that gay men are evil or that they are not yeah. existent? No, no. It's actually really interesting because gay men, it's a thing. So there's such a thing as a gay man in the community. And what's interesting about it is that it's kind of like open, but unfortunate. So there are some guys like in my brother's school that it's very obvious that they're gay. Like they just have that thing about them that everybody in the school knows this guy's gay and he knows that he's gay, but it's like, okay, this is what God put on me. I'm still going to marry a woman. I'm still going to have children with her. Uh, I just have this struggle that I'm attracted to men, you know? Which is interesting because we spoke with Heather Gay. I don't know how she's deep a, into Housewives or not you are, but bravo. she's yes. a Bravo Salt Lake City housewife who has many generations of Mormonism and quite, you know, well-known, like, people in the community within her family. And she educated Darren and I about 
homosexuality within the Mo- the Mormon culture. And it was similar, right, Darren? It was similar in the right, sense like that, like... you can be gay, but you can't practice, practice. Yeah. being yeah. gay. Uh, yeah. That's but it's interesting that men are allowed... It's so misogynistic that, mm-hmm. obviously, men can kind of carry that burden but women it doesn't exist from what it it's more like. it's because the definition of sex as defined in the community has to do with a penis and sperm okay. and ejaculation so men can't waste sperm um outside of like for the goal of having a baby and so that's why gay sex is wrong because it's wasted sperm but if two girls are rubbing up against each other there's no such thing as wasted sperm and that's why it doesn't exist that's why lesbian sex doesn't exist so it's all about what how they define sex so men can't yeah. masturbate then? No. What, what is the biggest misconception on the Hasidic community from an outsider, from two people now who aren't in it? Uh, I grew up yeah. Jewish, but not Orthodox in any sort of way. What's the biggest misconception? I think the biggest misconception is that there are no villain, villains, only victims. Um, everybody is trying to do the right thing, even the men. The men are being told that when you have sex with a woman, you should be praying in your mind. And that is going to help you and your wife be in heaven and just have a good life and be a good person, be good people. Everybody's just trying to be a good person. So it's really sad if you think about it, because men aren't evil and women aren't evil. They're all just trying to do the right thing. And it's a system that's flawed. And so it's all about just breaking the system, changing the system to allow men and women to actually be able to fulfill their lives in ways that respect themselves. I think it's easy for outsiders, especially like me, who's an atheist and who doesn't like fundamentalism. And I think your mom nailed it where it's like, it's not religion, it's fundamentalism. It's the extreme version of that, which I do agree with 100%. but I think for me, it's so easy to just be like, these people are wrong and they're evil and they want to bring evil as opposed to actually understanding where they're coming from. They're just, they yeah. all want, we all just want to go to heaven, right? We all just want to be yeah. accepted in the eyes of God. And that, yeah. if you believe in God, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. You're, okay, when you talked about changing your last name um, yeah. too hard officially, in the mm-hmm. episode, you do talk to your dad about it. Yeah. And I, was really surprised by his reaction. I did not think, and maybe there was a lot more behind closed doors that I did not know. I know we can only see what 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 Netflix is allowing us to see, but how hard was that for you? I mean, did you expect him to react as what I thought was actually as chill of a response? I thought it was pretty as, chill too. Yeah, like it was it was, just, it was fairly chill considering what you came from what what was going through your mind there if you can kind of elaborate on that I was definitely freaked out and I didn't really want to do it um I knew that I had to though it was the right thing to do and so I didn't know how he would respond but it happens to be that every time I like said something uncomfortable to him he has received it very well like when I told him I wasn't religious anymore he said to me that he will accept me like his parents accepted him for becoming religious because he grew up in a not religious environment and he decided oh, to become more whoa. religious. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. What so, well, were they Jewish, but just not Orthodox yeah. or. Yeah. Okay. So they yeah. were like conservative yeah. or whatever, maybe reform yeah. or. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Something like that. 
And then he decided to go into the... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. And what about your mom's parents? Were they Orthodox or no? Yeah. So they became Orthodox when they moved to America, kind of, when my mom was super young. So she was always pretty much Orthodox. Got it. Um, Yeah. But they also did that. They also became Orthodox. They weren't always like that. Interesting. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. wild. And I think that's maybe a misconception is like for me is like people who get into the heart of fundamentalism, to me, it's like they have to be born into it because I can't see a reason to get into it. But clearly I'm, I'm so wrong about that. Did it make you... I don't know, feel better about your relationship with your father, considering the fact that he's kind of saying, I love you unconditionally and I'm going to love you. hundred no percent. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, like I was really surprised by how calm he was when he spoke to me and grateful that he decided to be okay with it. You know, um, I think he really knows that I struggled a lot in the community. And so he can't understand how I felt because he didn't go through my experiences, but I make it very clear to him that it was hard for me. And sure. I spent a lot of times crying, you know, and wishing I was a boy or wishing mm-hmm. I could just, that was something I really wanted to be. I, I wanted to be a boy when I was growing up because boys were able to do all these things that I wasn't able to do. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like he knows that I struggled so much and I think he was able to somewhat empathize with me and allow me to just be myself. And so I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, yeah it was really nice to see, I got to say. Yeah, I, I agree. Were you scared when you started filming the show? Like, were you nervous? I think reality TV is one of those things. You know, Darren is obviously, you know, has been surrounded by reality TV her whole career. I'm sort of like in it adjacent. And it's scary because you're like, Mm. oh, my God, I have no control over the edit. Or like, what is it going to show? Did you have any of those feelings or were you like? not scared yeah i don't know it's weird i think so a lot of people are saying it's because i'm an aquarius and i'm okay with all of this so i don't know like what <laughs> but sure. Like, it... <laughs> sure yeah yep that's the answer yeah <laughs> exactly um but yeah i mean like honestly i it, it's weird that i'm okay with a lot of things that are happening right now because it's all kind of crazy but for the most part i wanted to share my story and I was doing it with my family. So it yeah. wasn't that frightening. You know, if I was going alone into some random show where I would have to like do all these things and I don't know what the purpose of the show is, that would be different. But here we were all in it together. We all had family meetings. Like what would be too uncomfortable for somebody to say on the show? So we know not to bring that up, you know? And like, we were really doing this together. My mom was one of the executive producers too. So she had, you know, like, more producer power in the sure. show. And so we knew what was going on. We were never um, in the unknown. And so I saw all the episodes four times before it came out onto Netflix, you know? Um, yeah, so I was really okay. I was okay, I was excited for the most part. Obviously there are some episodes where I'm doing things that I don't wanna think about how many people saw that, you know? Um, but we're human, we make mistakes, We do things and then we apologize and I think it's okay to show that on camera too you know how did you feel about your sister and your brother-in-law sort of I believe it was in the first or second episode talking about how they thought that your bisexuality was a phase so I am pretty good about tuning out when people don't like when people say something negative or something that I that would hurt my feelings in any way, it doesn't really affect me. So that's really how I felt was that 
my sister feels this way and that's okay. You know, like I'm still going to do me and hopefully with time, she'll see that this is actually who I am. Um, And I didn't get upset at her about it too. I understood that it was because of how she was raised and that she felt that way. I was, there was no anger towards her whatsoever. And in the end she did come around and she did see that this is who I am. And so, yeah. Yeah, I actually thought you handled yourself with a lot of class and grace, even at um, your mom's business partner's like party, who's a gay guy, and you were making out, uh, being handsy with that girl in that, you know, and and Butchev is like, I just, that's kind of inappropriate professionally. And she came up to you and you were like, listen, I'm cooler with PDA than you are. And I wasn't Mm -hmm. doing it to like piss you off, but it was for me. And I just thought, wow, this is a person who like has such a true sense of self, especially for her age and especially kind of how you grew up. So- Okay, this is one thing that I think that I don't actually understand. So, okay, so your sister, Bacheva, got married. Two months later, your mom, Julia, leaves the community. Is that right? Like, it's just like, I'm gone. Does Mm -hmm. she take you with her? Or is she like, I'm leaving no matter what, either stay or go. Or was it like, you're getting the fuck out of here with me? So she did take me with her. And it was like a three-month period of me being with her and with my dad. And then eventually I went back and stayed with my dad um, and just finished school, went like continued going to school. And she would come back like almost every weekend and just be with her, me and our own. Um, And so it was like an interesting, it was very interesting period of my life. I don't know, like, I don't, it was kind of like what was happening was I knew had to be happening. Like everything my mom was doing, I didn't know why she was doing it. But even though I was 13 at the time, I knew that she had to be doing everything she was doing. And when people would come up to me and say, are you okay? Like, I heard about your mom. I'd be like, no, like, this is okay. Like, she has to be doing this. Um, And so I had that understanding that it was very important that she does this, whatever it was that she was doing. I didn't understand at the time. Yeah. And did it scare you that she was doing it? I mean, was there any part about you that tried to, like, get her back in the community? Or did you know that women were treated unfairly? Well, yeah, I didn't, she never really did anything that wasn't like, it was slow. The more we, like the first time I saw her wear pants was maybe six months of after she like started leaving. Um, so it was very gradual. And so she, to me, she was still keeping everything. She was still religious, even though she left. I didn't know she wasn't religious right away. Uh, and then it was only after like six months that I saw her in pants for the first time. And then I was like, whoa, like my mom's wearing pants. It was jeans. And this sounds crazy, but I was like, "Uh uh-oh, like, this is not good. Like, she is, she's, this is like, she's breaking out of what is good in the world and like what is purposeful. And so it was very scary to me to see that. Um, But obviously she was my mom. And so like, I, she's my role model and I look up to her. And so did there, I knew she wasn't in the wrong, you know, but it didn't make sense to me still. So I didn't understand, like, I was sad about it, but I knew she wasn't doing anything wrong because how can she do something wrong? Cause she's my mom and she's perfect. You know, that's how I felt kind of. Yeah. So. Pants, pants become like a thing very quickly or it happens. It's a focal quickly. point. It's a focal point in the show. It's a focal yeah. point. Yes. And you know, for me watching, I'm like, wow, this is like such a symbol, right? It, or it seems like that. And you bring it up now that when you first saw your mom wear pants, you're like, oh boy, I know things are changing. When did you first wear pants? And do you still have those pants? And what did you feel like when you put them on? So technically the first pants I wore were basketball shorts. 
That's um, my girl right there, Miriam. Take it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I have still uh, never to this day worn basketball shorts. Liz, pipe down, okay? They're very underrated, but yes. Oh, God. <laughs> They're so shiny. Ooh. No, like I would not do it again. I'm over that now. <laughs> and when I look at right, well, photos of myself. That makes one of us. Okay. <laughs> Darren's like, oh, my third drawer is all mesh. I'm burning them now, though, because Miriam's over it. So I'm falling. No, 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 yeah, no. I <laughs> am all about Please wear your basketball pants and embrace them. Um, I, they're very comfortable. I have to admit uh. they're very comfortable. Uh, but, yeah, it was when I was 15. And I begged my parents to let me go to the school that had a sports team for girls. And so I was just so, I was just so unhappy in my community and I wanted to change schools to one that was slightly more modern where girls still wore skirts um, and covered their body, but there was sports teams. And so I wanted to go there and my mom convinced my dad to let me go. And that was when I wore basketball shorts playing basketball there. And I had, um, and I made it onto the basketball team too and the number I chose for my basketball was 42 because I don't know if you know who had 42. I don't know if that means anything to you guys. No, no but really educated. Should I tell you? Yeah. Yes. So Jackie Robinson, his number was 42. And okay, yeah. yeah, and I saw that movie, I think, when I was like maybe even that year, like two years before that and like the movie 42. And I just remember him not being able to play a sport because of his color and me not being able to play sports because of my gender Look at and this just kid. being able to this fucking girl this fucking girl and i was like God, i was I like ever... smoking weed in the park when i was 15 God. yeah right oh, right like lord and you grew up in san francisco liz you have no excuse this person grew up in a fucking <laughs> oppressive community and she's better oh, than us but that's just that's no that's yeah <laughs> what is and listen i know that you're so close with your mom but you're also close with your siblings and you know, you still have a tight relationship with your younger brother who is still yeah. in the community. Yes. Mm-hmm. Today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Shlomo is out. Uh, Batsheva is out. Was that what we No, she, okay. so Batsheva is modern Orthodox. So she okay. still keeps the, she's observant to like Shabbat. She follows that and she wouldn't eat meat in non-kosher restaurants but she wears whatever she wants and she is friends with whoever she wants. And she's still very much like living a life in the outside world. So she's, and yeah. Shlomo is like you or more Less, modern? Orthodox? He's, he's like, he like doesn't keep Shabbos. So he would use his phone on Shabbos, but he wouldn't fly on Shabbos and he wouldn't eat chicken at an Akrusha restaurant, but he would eat pasta. It's like, it's complicated, you yeah. know? No, it's I, like Shlomoism. I just think it's like... Shlomoism. Uh, yeah, it is Wait, I actually yeah. have one burning question that I forgot because it's on my notepad. Okay. Yeah. How... Okay. I was confused by something. You're talking with your sister about the pants. I'm back to the pants. I will move okay. on after this. I swear to God, I'll move on. <laughs> but your sister is wearing like a straight up mini skirt in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Real short. You guys are all beautiful, like the most beautiful family. I know. Right? So, which is like annoying, but great because you're all smart and lovely and it's fine. But she's wearing this like super short mini skirt, (laughs) but y'all are talking about some jeans. And I'm very confused because (laughs) is the tiny mini skirt better than the jeans? More appropriate? It is. That does not. 
actually because I thought it was a matter of like showing, showing skin. Yeah, so yeah, I thought pants would be better. Okay, please educate. Yeah, yeah, educate. yeah. So there's two rules about modesty. So one is being modest, you know, covering your body, and then the other one is not wearing men's clothing. And pants are considered a man's clothing. It's called beget ish. And a woman is not allowed to wear pants for that reason. And so that's why pants are so wrong. And so Bacheva was technically wearing a mini skirt and only like pushing the boundaries of the modesty rule, but she wasn't breaking the man's clothing rule at all. And that's the one pushing the modesty rule. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, and that's more accepted for some reason in in the modern Orthodox community. I'll let it go now. That's what I just was watching. And I was sitting there on the couch with Rachel and I was like, I got to ask her about this. I don't understand this. This makes no sense. Like, what? It's like having a crotch in a in a, in in pa- like in shorts or pants is like man's clothing, and then like kind of having a, a skirt or something like that is more is way right. more female based. But okay, so this is what I pick up from the show. But obviously, like there's so much about your family. Like you're not just filmed the entire time, and it does seem like you have probably when I say the closest relationship to your mother, I mean probably in understanding. You guys seem the most similar to me mm. from an outsider's perspective. But obviously, you're very close with your siblings. And I'm just curious for you, kind of, you know, before we get to a fun game and everything, what's something that you think that your mom could have done better when she was leaving? Oh, when she was leaving? Or in general. Let's see. I mean, like, I think in those situations, she was in such a state of, like, fight or flight, like adrenaline, you know, she wanted to kill herself right before she left and she was starving herself. She weighed like in the seventies, you know, um, like really, really crazy. And so it's hard for me to answer that because I know that she was in a state of mind that wasn't healthy. You know, she was in a state of mind of like, I need to do these things. Otherwise I have to die, you know? Um, and so because of that, it's hard for me to have any resentment towards her. Um, during that time, even though it was hard for me too, you know, like she didn't come to things. She wasn't around as much. Um, but I knew that she had to do this and that it was a life or death situation. And so uh, even though it was hard for me, I supported her. Obviously my sister has gone through a whole different experience by that time. And so it was hard for her in different ways. And her feelings are super valid too and important. And, but for me, it happens to be that I guess I was young enough where it didn't really hurt me too much how everything happened. And at the end of the day, I am 21 years old and I am not married. And all of my aunts and my sister and my mom got married at age 19. So I broke that chain. Uh, and I'm so grateful for my life and I'm so grateful for the people and the education that I have and the opportunities I have and the ability to be with my girlfriend and just, you know, live my life. And so I'm really, I don't have any resentment towards it. And by the way, your girlfriend is gorgeous and very tall, which I appreciate. (laughs) And last question before we get to scissor me this, she's Swedish. I think you said that on my show. Is she Swedish? Where is she from? Okay. And you said that you said that like kind of atheist culture over there, or Mm -hmm. at least she's an atheist. Do you find it easy or more difficult to connect with her culturally? Because she kind of never grew up with it and you absolutely grew up with it. 
Yeah, I would say like right now we're more in the similar mindset. And so that's nice, you know, like we can relate and like be um, just in the same understanding about God and stuff like that. And so in the past, I've dated people who were religious and like that wasn't as fun for me just because of the trauma that I have with religion. Um, And so, but with her, I mean, she can't really understand. Like she told me that when she was growing up, she thought men were like cooked because her dad cooked in the house. And so she thought men did that, like all like dads just cooked and the woman went to work, you know? And I guess that's like how it is in Sweden. Like that's what I, crazy, crazy, (laughs) absolutely crazy. I know, I'm like, what? Like, yeah, yeah. 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 And so her upbringing was very much like gender equality is a thing, you know? Sure. So that's something that sometimes she's like, I don't understand, like that's crazy, but that's okay. You know, she's still there for me um, and I'm there for her. You guys are really cute. You're so (laughs) cute. And I'm sure your DMs just blew the fuck up after the show premiered of girls and guys, I'm sure just like all up in there. So I'm sure you're living your best life at 21, Miriam. (laughs) But uh, we have a game that we like to play and we finish out each episode called Scissor Me This and it's just literally okay. rapid fire nonsense bullshit like no right answer. And I answer. have a question for you guys. Oh. No, oh, no you want ask to us ask right it, now. Ask us now. Do oh, it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was wondering, so still kind of a new bisexual. It's been like a year, I guess. Mm-hmm. So is scissoring not a thing? Because it I don't is know. not Darren, a thing. Darren, no, hold on. <laughs> Wait. Okay, Darren, we have... don't just blanket answer question. that way. <laughs> don't okay. answer like that. That's okay. because you're really cl- don't you know better now. I know I know better now. Okay. Here's my opinion, Miriam, as a lesbian. And Liz will give you this because this has been a struggle. So obviously we named this podcast that because this is the stereotype of how lesbians have sex, right? And so we were like that's so offensive. Let's name it after the stereotype of the thing that we wanted to do. So it was a little cheeky, right? That's why we named the podcast that. And I was saying that scissoring, right, is really this in porn, like it's a male's perspective of how women have sex. It is not the female's perspective, like of of doing this, right? Like that's not a thing. Like you don't just bump your vaginas together when you're having so sex. So people don't do that. That's not like a thing. So I have one friend who's a woman who told me that it is a thing. So I'm confused. Okay, hold okay, on. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Then we have, uh, there's it's very layered to this, Miriam. Then okay. we have amended, and I have amended, due to Liz, my opinion of what scissoring actually is, which okay. is more of just a grinding fashion. I called it a whoppy Hump. If you know what WAP stands for, which everyone out there should yeah. if you've listened to Cardi B, uh, <laughs> I have called it a whoppy hump. Sorry, I know you're 21, but it's good you listen to this now. So it's really scissoring has taken this hold of being this like humping act, which women absolutely do. Okay. Liz, go ahead. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Uh, basically, <laughs> we named the podcast because again, it was like, what kind of really Miriam what you spoke about earlier was this erasure of like women female and f- like two women having sex because the only thing it could possibly be is scissoring because there is no male present right so that's why we right. named the podcast this which now as we try to get more advertisers involved we regret but here we are <laughs> and we make these decisions as adults and we just move here forward we are. with them 
Yeah. But I think like it was interesting. We we recently interviewed someone and she was really talking about, you know, external sex versus inter like there's outer I think sex and outer sex. thank you, outer sex and intersex. And sex can really be whatever you want. So if you it's find clean. yourself in a position or allegedly find yourself in a position, or you know someone who finds themselves in a position where humping feels good. Then yeah, yeah, it's real. Then do it up, right? And but, it is. A, it can be a thing. It just it's not this. You know what I mean? Like that. that I just that, think that, the that, problem that, is that. is that we've all been taught, no matter truly whatever religious background that we have. Like honestly, as women, we're basically taught, and and men, that sex is between a cis man and a cis woman, and there has to be intercourse. And I think. You know, today in 2021, with so many people like on the spectrum of gender and sexual preference, etc., like sex is whatever the heck you Hell want you it want to it be. to be. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? <laughs> She's seen like, Louis- why did I come on this crazy ass ne- show with these old lesbians? Like, what's happening? <laughs> she better not think we're old lesbians. God no, damn it, I do Mary. not. <laughs> um, Miriam, have you ever seen Blue Is the Warmest Color? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen all lesbian sex movies okay. out there. Yeah. So that did like, you see disobedience? Yes, oh, did I did. <gasps> okay. <laughs> the thing about disobedience, which I love, I love that, and I obviously like hello, that was like both such of them a are so hot, hot sex but, scene though. I know, but Crazy. when she spits in her mouth, yeah, the spitting I don't, thing. I don't like the spit. Right? That was yeah. like a little. That was. I don't know. Was with Guys, spit. use your imagination. <laughs> Okay. okay. Well, also, spitting <laughs> isn't a thing. Okay, it was just... because she couldn't, she just couldn't get enough. She just wanted every bit of her. At that point, you guys, I found that movie to be hot, 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 hot. I mean, yeah, it was uh-huh. great. It was hot because it was like forbidden. Yeah. But like, I'm just saying, right. the sex scene in Blue is the Warmest Color, which is like 20 minutes long, a lot of people in the queer community have a problem with it because it was literally like a male director being like, this is how two women have sex. Mm-hmm. And it was very like porny, which is not really... I mean, maybe some people's sex is like that. Far be it for me to tell them what their sex life is like. But people were very much up in arms about that because we were like, this is the male gaze. This is seeing women through the male gaze, not how lesbians see other lesbians or other Mm -hmm. queer women. So that was really the problem with it. But scissoring can be a thing. You can do whatever you'd like, Miriam. Uh, (laughs) Whatever you and your gorgeous girlfriend want to do, we are here for it. Okay, Liz. Very here for it. Okay, here I go. up the scissor me this for Miriam. Okay, Miriam. Okay. What have I got in here? Yeah, what do we got here? What's the best thing in your mom's closet that you'd Ugh. love to borrow that she won't let you borrow? Because that fucking closet, dude. I is. mean, it's a, if you want to talk about porn. That, that clue, like, literally, we watched it. My girlfriend, who was, like, so labely, she was like, I need that closet. You need to build me that closet. And I was like, I, I literally don't know how you get a rotating closet. But- <laughs> Okay. Okay, so yes, what is something in your mom's closet that you'd love to borrow that she won't let you borrow? I think like if I squish my feet into this pair of shoes that she has that are like 10 inches tall that she designed and they look like a dragon, a leather dragon, I don't know how else to describe it. I would want to take that. That's tight. (laughs) I take any, I'll literally take the cheapest thing in your mom's closet. What is the most overrated app out there that you think people are using too much of? Hmm. I don't like the streaks on Snapchat. That bothers me. Because I feel like it's like a social slavery a little bit. Because people get so drawn, yeah, to like how to keep the streak up, you know? So I don't like that. 
I do not like know what you're talking about, but that's cool. She's okay. Too smart for us. I'm like, man, okay. <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo or Sabrina Carpenter? Um, Sabrina Carpenter. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay. I was supposed to say my girlfriend. That should have been the better. No, answer. no, it's not the question. <laughs> That's not the question, Miriam. That's not what we asked okay. you. Okay, okay. I know you have a girlfriend, but yeah. first date with a girl, right? Let's say you're going to her apartment, right? Or yeah. second date with a girl. You go into her apartment. You walk in specifically to a girl. Now you walk into her apartment. What's one thing you see, and automatically you're like red flag. Um, it smells really bad. Yeah, that's a huge red flag. That's a huge red flag. Very good red flag. Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay. Billie Eilish or Rihanna? Like, in what context? Like, is this music? Just like, like, fine, we'll go music this. Or no. Oh, no. Well, actually. I'll just do Billie Eilish. Okay, fine. You have to say Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish is Billie Eilish. Really? Rihanna is Rihanna. No, it's like Billie Eilish is like. She's like our she's queer cool. hero without being queer. Right. She's just like, yeah, she's cool. Yeah. She's cool. Like, Fine. I mean, Rihanna's cool too. Um, okay. Rihanna's cool too. Piggybacking off of what you said originally, Channing Tatum or Zac Efron? I'm just, oh God. <laughs> this is a hard, this is a thinker here, Miriam. This is a thinker. Even, um, I'm going to just go with Zac Efron because he's been, I liked him longer. Longer yeah, time, he's so. also very pretty so it's like he's like when i was boy. coming out i love jude law i don't know who that is but everyone like johnny depp and everyone was like that's like mm. literally the most female looking male ever and i was like yeah because i'm gay uh last one for you liz and i got one more for mary i'm here before we let her go tiktok or instagram instagram yeah wow you're like you're like that's crazy for a 21 year old to say that though. Like are all your friends on TikTok and you're like, Fuck. Yeah. like, do you hate TikTok? I, it's weird because I'm so in technology that I don't like using it all the time. Like I don't TikTok, I don't like getting, I don't like feeling like I have to continue doing something um, or feeling that social obligation or like being pulled. Cause I understand how these things work and I understand how like we're drawn to continue scrolling. Uh, and so because of that, that's why I don't use TikTok very much because I don't want to get trapped in my For You page. And then Instagram, yeah, I have a more of a handle on it. she's smart. And well, and also, world. I forgot to tell this to you, Liz, and maybe I'm misconstruing the story, but because she was in San Francisco, Liz grew up in San Francisco, and, like, Miriam created an app for being like, what's the least hilly route to something? And, like, she <laughs> found out the best route to just keep flat. And I was like, Liz would appreciate that because it's I'm sure she <laughs> There you go. Like, she just fucking created it that's like what yeah classic yeah classic (laughs) um okay you also mentioned on my show that you really want to help women and you want to create an app that really helps women so if you could just snap of your fingers like in theory fantasy app what's that app look like for you uh I think I'm very interested in preventative health like medicine and preventative health and so some way that women can be more on top uh, of their health before they actually get diseases and get cancer like breast cancer like being able to check your breast monthly and have an app that helps you through that so you can realize when there's something off you know so I would want to do something like that in that realm of making an app that helps women be on top of their health so things don't happen um, in the future that are detrimental to them 
Okay, Miriam, well, I just want to interview reality stars for the rest of my life. So I guess I'm better than you, I guess. Okay, cool. I feel great about myself. I feel awesome. Uh, No, you're like, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you, honestly, I'm sure Liz feels the same way of just like being so willing to be not only a young person and a woman, but just so vulnerable on reality TV. Like you have probably no idea how many people you help, you know, in, in your own, in your own community, in other fundamentalist communities. So you're really honestly so brave and I, you probably Mm -hmm. hate if people say that to you, but like we, Liz and I both very much, I mean, we were texting about you like before I even interviewed (laughs) you. So we loved um, watch it like seriously. We loved it. We just, I know we sound like fangirls, which we are, but we just loved (laughs) watching you. And as I said, in the beginning of the show, you were just so um, strong and, and, smart and and you don't give a fuck which is what I love about you I also (laughs) can we all just take notice that I did not swear on this podcast today okay well that's that makes one of us because I I respect I respect our guests Darren (laughs) I I swear yeah she swears I know do I watch the show but I'm just she's in New York come on she's in New York uh Miriam where can people follow you find you watch your career kind of blossom as it already kind of has but where can people yeah at Miriam Hart I'm on all the socials so they can find me on all of them Instagram TikTok Twitter um Snapchat too and yeah Snapchat is Snapchat still a thing with like 20 it's still a thing it's definitely a thing it's It's a a thing thing. not to be like nerdy but they're having like extreme growth and blah blah I just I don't listen to a thing yesterday (laughs) all right I guess scissoring and Snapchat is a thing it's this Mm -hmm. yeah she knows how to just get our attention. Like, that's the thing. She knows how the meat is made, so that's why she's avoiding it. But uh, Liz, where can everyone find us and follow us? You can follow us at SIAT Podcast on all socials. You can follow me at Listen to Liz. You can follow Darren at Carpe Darren. Um, and please rate, review, subscribe. Did I and do it watch- right? Yes, oh, you did. Duh. And, and watch, watch Unorthodox on Netflix, y'all. Life. Unless you it's unless you guys good. are under a rock, hello. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, and thank watch you so show. much. Yes, yes, watch the watch show. Watch the show. And uh, thank you again, Miriam. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Scissoring Isn't a Thing is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday.